You are listening to The Modern Mormon, episode number nine. Hey there, I'm Cami Satterly, and I'm The Modern Mormon. I'm an advanced certified life coach who's dropped the all or nothing approach to life and religion. I can't wait to show you how. I've got you, girl. Let's go. Good morning, beautiful souls. Today is such a great day to talk about when you aren't feeling the spirit. All right, to start off, I want to share with you a little uh, kind of experience, I guess you could say, of what I had right after I graduated high school. So I went on a church history tour for one month back east, and I went on a bus with a bunch of kids. Um, We went to all the church history sites. I'm talking Nauvoo, Kirkland, New York. We went to the Sacred Grove, all of these historical places within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So we took a bus. We weren't allowed to have phones during that time. So we just read scriptures, prayed a lot, sang, and shared testimonies nonstop. I remember stopping at all of these places and having such like an expectation for what I'm about to feel. Like I was pumped. I was, you know, at this point, pretty active Mormon, and I was excited, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to feel the spirit. It's going to be so intense. How do you not feel the spirit in the sacred grove, right? I felt nothing. I felt neutral at most of these places. And if I didn't feel neutral, I actually felt really uncomfortable. I didn't like it. Something felt really off, especially with all the Joseph Smith stuff. And even to this day, I don't really have a strong testimony of Joseph Smith, and I'm okay with it. I remember feeling frustrated, though, at the time because I felt like I should have felt the spirit. If you can't feel the spirit in the sacred grove, you must be doing something wrong, right? So on that trip, I actually read the entire Book of Mormon. I prayed about it to know if it was true or not, and once again, I felt nothing. So the thing about it is Moroni promises us that we will feel the truthfulness of the scriptures after we read the Book of Mormon and pray about it. At the time, I felt annoyed and super angry about it. But shortly after I came home, I met Steve, and the rest is history, right? So after being married and slowly turning inactive, I used that experience to justify my reasons for not being LDS. I used to say I did all the things, I read the Book of Mormon, and I felt nothing, so that's my answer. Looking back on it now, understanding the way the brain works, our thoughts, intentionality, I was reading the Book of Mormon to have an experience, to have a you know, spiritual experience. I wasn't reading it for my own knowledge. I was reading it because I wanted, you know, angels. I wanted, I wanted the full Joseph Smith experience. And so when my focus was on that, of course, I wasn't going to feel anything. Okay. So fast forward to, I believe 2016, maybe I think I had all my kids. I can't remember, but I'd been inactive for over 10 years, years. And my family was doing the 12 days of Christmas for a family in Boise. This is where you ring the doorbell, you leave a bunch of presents um, for 12 days before Christmas, and then like you run, right? So they don't know that it's you. And we had done this so many nights. Because my husband was a fireman at the time, I would have to go along with the kids and do it by myself. So on this particular night, when we were all there as a family, I decided I didn't want to get out of the car. I was just going to let Steve go and do it with the kids. I was just going to stay in the car um, and chill because it was freezing cold outside And, you know, getting out and standing in the cold isn't that fun. So I'm sitting there in the car looking at my phone and all of a sudden my phone just dies, completely turns off and it was fully charged. Um, But yeah, it completely dipped as my daughter would say. 
I had this thought to get out of my car and watch my kids. And if you know me, you know that I love to be cozy. Um, My spirit animal is a sloth. I move when I need to move, but I also am pretty pro at being lazy. Like I love to be comfortable. So this particular night was freezing. It's, you know, around Christmas time. No part of me wanted to go stand on the sidewalk and watch my kids in the freezing cold when I could be sitting in a warm car. But this thought was so intense. It felt almost outside of myself. And that was the only way that I could put it. Um, So I put my phone down and I instantly got out of the car and I stood on the sidewalk and I watched from across the street. My kids rang the doorbell and I saw them all come running towards me. So every single time that, that we would do this, um, their house, you know, it was next to a bunch of other houses. So they would run across the yard of these other people, and then they would instantly turn and go down the sidewalk along this fence. And they would do this so that they didn't have to cross the street because it was a really busy street. So they would wait until the people would get the gift, and then they would look and then cross the street and come back to the car. So as I'm standing there, I see the kids come running towards me, and... I sort of motioned for them and reminded them, remember, turn and go down the sidewalk, don't cross the street. And I'm just watching. And all of a sudden, my son Camden, for some reason, just came running up to the street and darted across the street right as a Jeep was coming, probably about 45 miles per hour in the pitch black. It happened so fast that I did the most awful mom scream, the one of just sheer terror that I've ever done. And I flailed my arms in the air and I closed my eyes right as the front of his Jeep made contact with my son. When I opened my eyes, Camden was in my arms crying. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how that Jeep did not hit him, how I'm, how he managed to make it across the street. But the only thing that I can think is that the guy driving the Jeep saw me flailing my arms at the side of the street, just in time to slam on his brakes. If I had not been there, my son would have been dead. Earlier that morning, um, in the shower, I decided to pray. I had asked God if he was there. I asked him if he knew me, if he loved me, and I asked that I would be able to recognize that love. I made the mistake and asked for a sign, one that I would for sure know was him. And I've done this so many times before. I've asked God these questions, but this time in the shower, it was um, intense. It was with a true desire to know and to, you know, really feel that love for him. So after we all got back in the car, we were so shaken up. We all cried the entire way home. That night when I was reflecting on everything that had happened, I had remembered my prayer that morning and what I had asked God. And then it hit me. The only way that he could show me his love was by protecting one of my children. I would have just justified any other way as it being me but there was no way that I could have protected Camden in that moment. I thought about sitting in the car and my phone just turning off. I thought about the thought to get out of my car and stand on the sidewalk. Through that awful experience, I felt God's love for me. And from that moment on, we started attending um, church at a Christian church. And that's kind of what started the beginning of my, you know, transition basically back into the LDS church. So as I reflected on my past experiences through the years, I realized I wasn't supposed to feel the spirit on heritage tours. That's, you know, the trip back east right after high school. I wasn't supposed to know the truthfulness of those places. I wasn't ready to accept them. 
I was so mad at God for so many years because I told myself that he left me alone during the hardest time of my life, being pregnant and marrying Steve. Looking back, he was there. He knew the choices I would make. He was guiding me, giving me experiences and building my testimony that I can share with all of you guys and in my coaching experience through all of those negative behaviors that I partook in and experiences that I had throughout the years. So God knows our heart. And because of that, I think he knows the decisions we're going to make. He knew I wasn't going to choose the church for 15 years. So why give me an experience where I would be held accountable for what I did know? Okay, so in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, when we talk about feeling the Spirit, what we're talking about is the Holy Ghost, right? You might word it as feeling God's love, could be the universe. I know some of my friends believe it's just an energy, whatever you want to call it. We're all on the same page, okay? And you don't necessarily have to be religious to know what that feels like. We can feel the Spirit when we say, like, the Pledge of Allegiance, when we, you know, watch a motivational speech, that mom intuition you have. Your thoughts may be, but I also believe it is partly God's Spirit. I think we are born with the Spirit of God. So that feeling that we're describing is that feeling of truth, that feeling of pride, the feeling of goodness and love. It can also be, you know, a feeling of warning for us when we have that intuition. So many people ask, is it us or is it God? How do we know it's God? Well, we'll never know. I just like to decide that it is because it benefits me. Just like everything else I teach. What I'm teaching is how we understand human behavior. I don't know divine, you know, behaviors, but I do know that I can choose to believe whatever the heck I want. I don't need to necessarily know divine behavior in order to apply it to my life. So what actually causes us to feel the spirit? And a lot of you will answer it's the Holy Ghost, but that's not exactly it. We could all be listening to the same motivational speech and the person next to us could be bawling their head off, all feeling the spirit, and we could be feeling nothing, right? So what is the difference there between the person next to us who has the Holy Spirit and we just don't? Or what is it? Just like I teach in my program, our thoughts create our feelings. It's the same thing with the spirit. So in my example of my story, when I was on my history you know, tour trip, I had an expectation to feel the spirit. In my quest to feel the spirit, what I was actually doing was taking my mind outside of what I was viewing and experiencing, and I was focusing more on the fact that it wasn't, that I like wasn't feeling the spirit and that I should have felt the spirit in those scenarios. My brain could not focus actually on feeling the spirit when it was too focused on where you at spirit. I love this so much because even when it comes to feeling the Holy Ghost, we have agency. We get to choose whether we want to accept that thought or not. We get to decide if we want to feel the spirit. It's not going to just overtake us necessarily, although there have been times when I feel like that's kind of happened, but I do believe it's invited. When we don't feel the spirit, our brain likes to tell us something's wrong. Either wrong with us, that's where you insert the shame, or wrong with what is being said or done. Like if the spirit isn't present, then maybe it's not true. If God promised he's always with us, his spirit is there, then what is the problem? We need to be worthy to feel his spirit. Now hold up before you freak out and say, God loves everyone regardless of your worthiness. Yes, you're 100% correct. We're always worthy and our behaviors do not determine our worth. What being worthy to feel his spirit actually means is simply, where's your focus? Are you willing to follow Christ? 
are you thinking about receiving a sign or are you more on what can I learn here to make me better and better my life? Are you shaming yourself? Now, this is a big one because if you are holding on to so much, you know, negative thoughts about yourself, if you're holding on to your past choices and behaviors, if you, you know, are in, I would say like a repentance process and you're just having a hard time forgiving yourself, okay, that is like holding on to shame. And if you're telling yourself that at the same time, trying to have a spiritual experience, it's not going to work. The power of shame is so great. Those negative emotions can leave you stuck, confused, and down a negative path. So what is the point of the spirit? It's to show us truth, to comfort us, and to guide us. What is the point of us being on this earth? To grow, to develop, and succeed. So in order to do that, we need to have challenges and struggles where we can question and test our faith in order for our faith to grow. It is called spiritual maturity. Not feeling the spirit is not a problem. It's the plan. Instead of saying, I can't feel the spirit, and I should, try asking yourself, what am I supposed to learn from this experience? Where can I exercise faith during these times when my brain is full of spiritless thoughts? If you are trying to exercise faith and have felt nothing, then you're not understanding and following the principles that faith is founded. For me, having been on both sides of spirituality, I know what life is when there is no faith, no spirit, basically just no purpose. It's a constant, for me, like state of confusion, unknowing what to do. Spiritless, to me, is kind of lonely. So can you function without the spirit? Yeah, you totally can. I did for 15 years. But the only way I can describe it is you are always up in your head. Now, having come back to the church, I just kind of lead with faith. It's so much easier to let go of some of all, you know, these emotions that I've carried around for so many years. It's so nice to just say, eh, God will figure it out. As long as I stay faithful and I do the things he asks, I'm just going to give it to him. So now when I walk into church, it is a completely different experience for me. Sometimes our brain wants and expects more. Like we want these grand spiritual experiences that we often hear about, but they're not actually necessary. Why we want these grand experiences is because we want motivation to kind of keep going. We want to feel something. So it once again says, yes, this is right. You're on the right track. Our commitment to our savior, our faith in times without these experiences are the ones that will increase our wisdom and grow our spirit more than ever. I spent years asking for signs, asking to feel his spirit, and then he gave me one. My son almost lost his life was something I didn't want to experience, ever. But I did feel the spirit, yeah. In that worst moment ever, I felt God's love and protection more than I ever have. I decided I'm just going to go ahead and have faith and stop asking for more spiritual experiences. My family has had a hard couple of months between my husband's job, our health, my health in general, relationships like between us, when things get tough, then it affects your relationships and it affects how you parent a lot of things, right? You name it. It's kind of just been a spiraling effect. I've prayed more than ever. And every now and then I get the thought like, where are you, God? I quickly remind my brain, oh, he's there. You'll feel his spirit when you need to. Redirecting my doubts to faith keeps me moving forward. So in times when you feel alone, you've prayed, you've questioned, you know, your doubt is present, decide ahead of time what you will choose to think to keep moving in the direction your future self would have you go. Some examples are like, what can I learn from this? 
What signs can I see that he is here? What am I grateful for in this moment? How can I exercise faith to overcome my negative thoughts? What do I need to think in order to feel the truthfulness of the gospel? We love to reflect on our past and use it against us sometimes. I felt the spirit before, but I don't now, so it must be me, right? God doesn't care about your past. He cares about your heart in your present moment. The adversary would love for you to look to your past to determine your future because we are a constant work in progress, unless we continue to repeat old patterns, which is exactly what he wants us to do. If God kept giving you spiritual experiences, there would be no need for you to exercise faith. You wouldn't grow spiritually. So use your past spiritual experiences as data, not against you. Use your faith to prepare you or propel you forward. We are all operating unconsciously through most of our thoughts throughout the day. What I mean by this is our brain is just kind of on defaults. We think things and we do things without really having the awareness that we're actually thinking them. It's the same thing when it comes to our spirituality. We think we are just not feeling the spirit as if it's something that's just happening to us. When in fact, it's something we are actually creating in our own brains. Think about like driving a car. At first, you had to consciously think about all the rules of the road. You had to, you know, know signs and how to yield and how to stop. And then through time, you kind of just like operate unconsciously where you get in the car and you drive, you don't even think about it. How many times have you actually driven a couple miles and then had the thought, oh my gosh, how did I get here? (laughs) I have done this so many times because your brain was just completely somewhere else. Okay. So that's operating on default. Well, the same thing happens in our spiritual life. When we do the same things, we read scriptures, we pray, we go to church, our brain gets used to hearing the same things. And then it kind of creates patterns of thinking where they do not create the same emotions that once, you know, that we once used to create. It's not a problem. This is just the way the brain is supposed to work. So in order for us to continually seek more knowledge and, and gain more wisdom, we need to take more action and create different results in our lives in order to grow and progress. So when it comes to our spirituality, it is nice when, you know, we have moments that are great to unconsciously continue on with them. Like when times are good, it's nice to kind of run on default. You don't want to overanalyze everything in your life and constantly be asking, you know, what are we thinking? It kind of takes away from the emotion and the joy and actually feeling the spirit organically. But when we're having a negative emotion is when we want to step outside of ourselves and look into our brains to find what we are creating. When it comes to spirituality and why... We are not feeling the spirit. This is a great time to do that. It also helps you figure out where you are in your belief system. It's like kind of a spring cleaning of your spirituality and your testimony within your brain. So this is a good time to truly find out what you believe in and what you want to continue believing in. And then things that you're doubting within your testimony, you know, question those things. I like to go down, you know, those doubts and really study them. You know, asking yourself, where, you know, can I grow here? And what do I actually want to believe about this? Does it serve me to believe this? Those type of questions about each part of your testimony can be so beneficial. When you feel the spirit, it's God's way of telling you something's true. So a great way to feel the spirit is to ask questions to find the answer. I believe he described this in the Bible in Matthew. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find and it shall be opened unto you right? Doing this with an open heart and the intent to learn and grow, truth will fill your heart. The spirit will fill your heart. Doing this with intent to fill a spirit and you will be left empty. Your focus will not be in the right place. 
I teach all the time that we can get thoughts and feelings all day long, but if we don't take action on them, then we're just consuming them. Sitting around consuming the spirit is not doing anything for anyone, you or anyone else, and it is actually not God's plan. So if you're praying to just feel the spirit without the desire to take action from that spiritual experience, I'm pretty sure God probably will not be filling your heart as your true desire is not there. Praying to help you know when and how to take action when you feel the spirit will create more of an opportunity for you to feel the spirit. A lot of things that Jesus taught were on other people, like love thy neighbor, feed my sheep, do unto others as you would have them do to you. So we build our testimony and feel of his love and spirit by taking action and giving service. In times when I'm not feeling the spirit, it is because my focus is mostly on myself. If I'm in a place where I am struggling and don't feel like I can serve someone authentically, I serve by sharing what I do know. So I serve by telling my truths, speaking about what I do know versus focusing on what I don't know and what I am lacking. It kind of helps me build that wisdom and helps me feel that spirit. Having a good outlet for this is super important. So whether that's speaking to somebody on the phone, sharing your testimony in church, you can kind of blog, keep a journal, whatever it is that takes your mind out of the negative and into more of a forward thinking mindset, this will help you. So another simpler way that I like to do this is by creating an environment where I can feel the spirit. So to me, this looks like soft music, a clean house, making cookies, kind of lighting a candle, having my kids walk through the door. And when they come home from school to that environment, it feels peaceful. And I know I've created something. I took action to serve them in a way that in return serves me. You guys, feeling the spirit is so great when it's authentic and unexpected and full of new thoughts and wisdom. When we try and force it, we create kind of a deadline for it and make it mean something when we aren't really feeling it. It's, it's going to be kind of a negative experience and those negative thoughts are going to take over. We have the spirit of God and that light of Christ with us at all times. We don't ever need to worry and wonder if he's left us. Keep moving forward. Keep using these times to access and exercise your faith. Your faith is your heart. It is what you truly want to build. Not seeking validation of that faith through a spiritual experience. It's not what you actually want. Those are sacred. They are not meant to happen at the snap of your fingers. Remember, God's timing is different than ours. He doesn't look at the past and the present and the future as different times. They are all one to him. So when you're sitting there thinking, I haven't felt anything in a while, God doesn't see it that way. So don't let that moment of doubt create a mountain larger than your faith. If you're ready to drop the all or nothing in your life, then I would be honored to be your life coach. Head over to themodernmormon.com to start your journey in becoming the confident, authentic, and best version of you.